You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the On Enquirer Podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner sitting in the Great West Hall at Memorial Stadium where we just saw 15 minutes of spring practice, saw Tommy DeVito out at quarterback, saw a, a new look team, some new numbers for some of these guys, but this is the start of spring practice 2022. And I think, Joey, the, the biggest storyline that we'll dive right into here is a new OC, uh, second year, second offensive coordinator for Brett Bielma. And here comes Barry Lunny Jr., someone he has a lot of uh, experience with, five years. Lunny was on his staff at Arkansas as the tight ends coach, spent two years at UTSA with a lot of success, uh, including here where he scored 37 points against uh, a very good defense, it turns out, uh, at Illinois under Ryan Walters. So I, I think that's the number one storyline, right? He's got a new quarterback, he got a new OC, and uh, this is our first look at him. Yeah, it's an offensive fresh start in a lot of ways. Uh, there's some stalwarts, Isaiah Williams, we saw out there, looks like he still runs fast and he's hard to tackle. There's a lot of returning faces, but this, the offense needed a kickstart. There were 121 in the passing attack last year. We all watched it. It wasn't, it wasn't good. I mean, they, they had some strides late in the year, but it needed a fresh start. So, so here comes Barry Lunny. We're recording this on Tuesday. We talked to him on Monday. And basically, Jeremy, the theme with him was, can we just get to spring ball and let me see some of these guys and let me see how they do things football-wise. He was, and I understand, he was hesitant to go too far and, you know, this guy or that guy or this guy. I mean, these 15 practices, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a long time. It, it's a couple weeks to really learn each other, to understand what works, what doesn't, and to grow with one another. And, and it's really a, it's a good kickstart, Jeremy, into – summer conditioning into fall camp and Barry Lunny said look I went to UTSA in 2020 we didn't have this it's really tough like these aren't just something to do in March and April this is a big deal here and with the new OC some of these guys are on their fourth playbook man like that it's just a this is a big 15 days here 15 practices yeah and uh, yesterday Barry didn't have a lot to say about the personnel because he hasn't seen them play football this is like his hands-on time to get to know his guys. So this isn't going to be the podcast where we break down like this is what we've seen out of Tommy DeVito. Um, but that he is a, bi- a big storyline here. And Tommy DeVito, no surprise, we saw some drills. He and Ryan Johnson are the two uh, taking the first reps for the quarterbacks, followed by Samari Collier and, and number 11. Um, number oh, 11. Like spring, uh, Jake, Jake Huber, Huber walk on. Uh, we did not see Matt Robinson out there today. We'll ask about him. But um, this is going to be Tommy DeVito and Arthur Sikowski at quarterback with Ryan Johnson as the backup. Art was there kind of taking uh, reps on air. Obviously, he's out with the injuries, but Tommy DeVito was brought in here early for a reason. Uh, they, they wanted to get him done, even though Brett probably knew he was uh, parting ways with, with Tony Peterson, to get him these 15 practices with a new offensive coordinator. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I, we'll find out probably most about Tommy DeVito during the spring game in a month here, Joey. Uh, but he certainly has talent, had inconsistency, had injuries, uh, but certainly raises the floor of this group given the experience he has and given the injury questions with Arthur Sikowski. But I don't know if it's going to be a strength of Illinois, but uh, after losing Brandon Peters, who obviously was inconsistent, you had a guy with a lot of experience and, and certainly a lot of Jersey swagger coming with him. Does have a lot of swagger. And look, I did a mailbag about a, three weeks ago and someone, you know, 
plus or minus upgrade downgrade at every position and we don't know we just don't know if this is we think it'll be an upgrade at quarterback because it kind of has to be a little bit it wasn't very good last year but we need to see him do football things by and large Jeremy people don't enter the portal because everything's going great and you got your ticket to the NFL punched sometimes you need a fresh start everywhere we know Tommy DeVito lost his starting job last year we know there's a reason he was in the portal and this is kind of what Illinois is right now is trying to, to, you know, one last fire in some of these guys, especially at the quarterback position, really almost exclusively there. So we'll see. It, and I know people want to know, how do you, we don't know. We, we, 15 minutes and we saw a lot of hands touching hands there out there. You shouldn't see a lot. So it's, it, it's the biggest storyline, I think, in, in spring ball. And it's going to be the biggest storyline in fall camp. And it's going to be the biggest storyline through Wyoming and probably all the way until it's not anymore, until we know. And that's just the truth of it. I think we know Tony Peterson was limited with his personnel last year. Like, there's not, or there wasn't a lot of skill players that were, were game breakers. But I think our one huge complaint about him was get the ball to those skill players who we know are good. Daniel Barker got way too few touches. And though Isaiah Williams led the team uh, in receptions, he still didn't get enough touches. I think you're going to see, based on what we saw against uh, Illinois UTSA, you saw him going to Zachary Franklin over and over again with these quick hitters. I would expect we're going to see a lot more of that. Plus, he's got a really good group of running backs, right? Chase Brown, Josh McCray, both healthy, both out there. And you had guys like Aiden Lawfrey, um, who I think uh, is, is such a speed demon, uh, but also has size as a true freshman coming in and enrolling early. Jordan Anderson, we'll see. Big, obviously, back. That gives you something different. But that position you certainly feel good about. But at wide receiver, Joey, Isaiah Williams is a potential all Big Ten caliber player, and I expect him to get a lot more touches. The question is, who's going to step up around him? Casey Washington looks like a solid option, right? I thought towards the end of the last year, uh, he was one of the best wide receivers on the team. But can Brian Hightower bounce back after what was a weird season, some injuries? Uh, we didn't get many explanations of why he didn't play more, uh, but then redshirted that season. Uh, and then Pat Bryan, I think, as a freshman, showed some real good flashes of what Illinois needs at that position, which is a big body, athletic, can go up and uh, you know catch a contested ball and, and run good routes. They just need guys uh, who can get some separation and catch the ball uh, when, when the ball is getting to them. So uh, I think the wide receiver group, like the quarterback group, you think with a new offense, a new play caller, and just another year of experience, it has to get better, right? Uh, you would think. I mean, we watched them throw for less than 100 yards, I think, twice last season. So, I mean, just by logic, you would think that it has to be. To me, get the ball to your dudes in space. Isaiah Williams is your dude. And I, I think what we've talked about this, Jeremy. I think Casey Washington is going to be one on the outside. Who's going to be the other? We don't know. Isaiah is a slot guy. To me, it comes down to three. It's Brian Hightower. It's Pat Bryant, who I think could really be in, in store for a nice sophomore bump here. And we, we thought he did some nice things as a freshman. And then I, I'm really interested in Sean Miller. Be, and not to overhype a kid who we haven't seen do anything other than run untouched on a field when no one was trying to touch him. But you, know, you do process of elimination here. Who's going to be the guy out there? And, and Sean's an interesting guy. And, you know, we haven't seen some of the other freshmen. But I'm a big believer. You're here in the spring. You can really get yourself a, a leg up on some of these guys. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it's just not a lot of options beyond what we know. And you know, we know the first option is really stinking good in Isaiah Williams. Yeah. Moving to tight end, I think you, this is the biggest loss of the offseason is losing Daniel Barker, who went through senior day, so it wasn't a surprise that, that he moves on. But instead of moving on to the NFL, 
he moves on to the team he beat in 2019, uh, transferring to Michigan State. Uh, he was a dynamic playmaker there, but you do have two very experienced options. And Luke Ford, who we all know is very, very talented. Uh, Barry Lenny has a history of recruiting him, getting a commitment from him at Arkansas, obviously. A good blocker in Luke Ford, but needs to take the next step as a receiver, be more consistent there. Tip Ryman played really well. Uh, he was the best blocker, according to Pro Football Focus, of the group, which is saying something for a redshirt freshman walk-on. Obviously earned a scholarship last year, uh, but I feel you, you think you feel pretty good about both those two options, just kind of the traditional hand-on-the-ground tight ends. What they lack right now is kind of that versatile Daniel Barker. You can line him up in the slot kind of threat, though I think a guy that we could learn more about uh, and start to think more about is Owen Anderson. He's he's an older freshman. He's 19 years old, had a post-grad year, but enrolled early after uh, going to the Hunt School last year in New Jersey. He's a big, um, more mature physically target, but also a little slippery, a little athletic, and about 6'4", 235 pounds. So that tight end group has some pieces, but you lost your most talented, most productive one uh, in Daniel Barker. Yeah, and you, the hope is Luke Ford steps into – a, a real, it continues to grow, I guess, into a nice mix of, of Luke Ford and Daniel Barker, and, and you merge those together and have a, a really exceptional tight end. Luke was a great blocker last year. I mean, the NFL liked what they saw with, with Luke as a blocker now, put it all together. But, yeah, I mean, I, Tip Ryman, I, I think he's got some Ford-ish to him, and I think that's a great thing if, you're, you know, if you've got some of those qualities. I'm with you on Owen Anderson, and, again, it's a lot like Sean Miller. We don't don't really know, but as you start to dwindle down the options and look at how this could line up, there's a lot of, when Brett Bielema did his film review with us, there was a lot of Barker-esque to what, and I'm not saying he's going to be Daniel Barker, that's, that's not a fair comparison to him when we've seen him do nothing yet, right? But I think when you, you look at some of those traits that Bielema was pointing out, it's like, hey, didn't that kind of like 87 did last year? And so I think he's a really intriguing piece to, as we progress here through spring and into fall. All right, I think the biggest question, even maybe more so than quarterbacks, I think we know uh, what the quarterback's going to be with Tommy DeVito or Arthur Sikowski, uh, but the offensive line. And, and today I was really, uh, really looking forward to seeing how they lined up. And the first group of the first practice of spring, which doesn't say a lot, I do want to mention Julian Pearl was out. Uh, he was in a green jersey today, so some kind of injury that's holding him out, but didn't look too serious. Uh, but Isaiah Adams, the Juco, was at left tackle. Jordan Slaughter, who missed all last year at left guard. Alex Pilstrom at center uh, over Josh Krutz, who's in the second group, Zach Barlev at right guard, and Alex Pelczewski at right tackle. Uh, you also had Zai Chrysler as the backup right tackle, uh, Josh Geske and Evan Kurtz, the backup guards, Tommy Cronin, a walk-on, your backup tackle. So that'll change once Pearl comes back. But uh, and then the third string was Brody Wise Carver, Josh Poor, and Terry Zaff. So a lot of new names, but you do feel better after Palcheski comes back. You get a top five Juco offense tackle and Isaiah Adams, Joe. So a lot of questions about that group, but that center position is really interesting. Alex Pilstrom, Josh Krutz, and they are looking at a, a transfer there. Yeah, I think that was the center position was, I think, what we were the most curious about. I think we know the names. We don't know how they're all going to shake out at the other four. Pilstrom moving up into that first day, first spring, you know, getting those kind of those first reps there was an interesting development. And, and if that carries over, we don't know if it will, 
It's a pretty beefy offensive line. It's much bigger, much longer offensive line than you had last year. Let's be honest. I mean, you had some really good players up there. I thought Bedovinak towards the end of the year. Doug Kramer obviously had a really good career here at Illinois, but it's a small offensive line. That's not a small one. Zach Barlow, 6'4", 300 pounds. Pilstrom, 6'5", at center. Jordan Slaughter, 6'5", 300 plus. So that's a much bigger, beefier offensive line. And, and I think Zai Chrysler's got some work to do in the strength and conditioning program. Isaiah Adams has got to add uh, some strength as well, but it's a much bigger offensive line for sure. Yeah, it is. And let's also say the left side is about what we thought. We thought it would be Isaiah Adams at left tackle. We thought it would be Jordan Slaughter at left guard. And first, you know, our first impressions are exactly that. The right side, how are they going to shake it out? Are you going to – I I think we both liked what they did with Palcho at right guard and Pearl at right tackle. We'll see. We'll see what happens when Pearl comes back. I, there's a lot of flexibility in this line, and I think that's the thing that I'm so interested to see how it all sorts out. I mean, first impressions are exactly what we thought they would be, but how's this all going to play out? And there's a lot of versatility there. I mean, basically at every position that isn't center, I mean, you think you could kind of factor in a lot of guys playing all four positions. I don't know if you put Palcheski on the left side um, at tackle, but this. There's a lot of options there, and I think that's got to be a, an interesting, I don't know, fun maybe, I guess, puzzle for Barry Lonnie, for Bart Miller to figure out is how do you put all this together? But I think we generally know the best six probably. I think you and I have a pretty good idea of, of who the best six are. You name, you know, We named them all right there. So how does that all play out? Is there a seventh that comes into the mix? How do you kind of work this all together? It's going to be fascinating to watch. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, so we took a quick break as we interviewed some of the players and coaches, and we'll uh, have more of that on the site afterwards. But one piece of news is we did find out Matt Robinson uh, approached Brett Bielma and entered the transfer portal. Not a huge surprise there, Joey. Matt Robinson was, was buried on this depth chart, was behind Ryan Johnson, a walk-on, and, and Tommy DeVito. And uh, Archer Sikowski clearly are above him. So not a surprise that a guy who's been here four years is going to look uh, to probably move closer to home in California, I would imagine, or just find a spot where he's got a chance to play. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I think you and I kind of thought this was a possibility dating back to the end of last season just as we watched how the, the depth chart sh- uh, started to, to line up a little bit. Now, Brett also said Art Sikowski will start to throw tomorrow. We don't know to what degree that will be. Initially, he had said Art was going to be out for all of spring ball, and I, I don't know how much that changes anything, but I think – as you look at somebody who could push Tommy DeVito or Tommy DeVito could push him, however this thing shakes out, having him at least throwing a football in the month of March and into April, that's a positive thing. But, I, yeah, this, the Robinson thing I think was about what you and I had thought was going to be the case. I, you know, nice moments here, but it's clearly a movement in a different direction. Also, Julian Pearl 
got hurt playing a pickup basketball game, hit his, uh, hurt his thumb. I don't know how much more he'll be doing that moving forward. It sounds like it won't keep him out that long. He's a guy with a lot of experience, but uh, I would imagine it was made clear to the former Danville basketball star, hey, stick to football. Yeah, maybe like wide open threes only and not in a five-on-five -five setting would be my, my guess. That dude's, that dude's got a chance to play football for a little bit, and I, I would think basketball's probably – think of yesteryear. Okay, let's break down the defense. I feel think where you feel pretty good is up front on your defensive line, though you do lose some pieces, including a big one in the middle, probably an underrated guy in Rod Perry with uh, how big of an impact he made. You do return a lot of key pieces, including two with a redshirt freshman technically last year, but the two guys who have been here three-plus years uh, who broke out, got all Big Ten honorable mention, Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph are both guys with, with NFL potential. Uh, and I don't think we have any question about if those guys will be good. It's about can they be great. Um, but you feel great about those guys as two of your three defensive linemen, Joey. The question is in the middle, what do you have? Virtus Brown, Calvin Avery, two former four-star prospects that showed some flashes. And Johnny Newton did single out Virtus Brown of how bad he wants this. Uh, Calvin Avery, still the weight is an issue, but we did see some flashes from him. But if those guys can combine with T-Rod Edwards as solid nose guards, you feel like the defensive line can remain a big strength of this team. Yeah, you basically have three cracks of the apple, nose, nose tackle here from what we see. And I don't know where Seth McConnell, a redshirt freshman, fits in right now. Probably not nose probably guard. Not, probably not. But, uh, you know, Calvin, Brett Bielema said Calvin Avery's down 16 pounds, I think he said. And Virtus Brown lost five over the break, uh, which I'm sure doesn't include – what he lost before that in the, the spring. Well, I don't want anyone to hear, oh, he only lost five pounds. What in the world? I, I just think that was like in the last week or so. But I, I'm interested in those guys because and we heard Ryan Walters said some pretty nice things about T-Rod Edwards. We, uh, I, I think we both were like, okay, what's this going to look like? He didn't play all that much at Northwestern. But as to your point, Jeremy, they got the two. I mean, we think those two are Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton are just like on the cusp of being uh, just really, 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 really good football players. And, Having those two, you can work, you can cover up a lot of a lot of flaws around them, but you, you do need probably a Virtus or a Calvin to step into that to that bigger role and ease the loss of of Rod Perry. And and you know we know with that position, that's not a you're not going to look at Rod Perry and see these insane stats. That, that's not what that position does. But what that position does is gets eats up blockers, opens up spets for other guys. And Rod was so good at that. That's kind of an an overlooked loss, but I, I do think having three options and you're not just looking at, okay, it has to be that guy. I, I think that helps a little bit. Now we'll see if any one of those three can really take that thing by the horns. Yeah, and, and the thing we always got to remember about defensive line is how much these guys rotate, especially when we're talking about Virtus and Calvin and, and their weight. Um, but also behind Johnny and Keith, those guys are going to play – 80-plus percent of the reps, but you do have Jamal Woods, Dion Pate, two veterans there, along with Seth McConnell, who, who Ryan Walters said he was really excited about. And I know uh, I think T Tank Wright mentioned Seth McConnell too, so really important to have that depth and, and to get Dion Pate, Jamal Woods back to, to return everybody else and then add T-Rot Edwards. This is a position I was worried about depth um, after the season. You feel a little bit better about it moving forward. Uh, outside linebacker, you lose two very good players who had very good seasons, uh, different seasons. Owen Carney was pretty consistent throughout the year. Good player, all Big Ten caliber player. And then Isaiah Gay, few guys were playing as well as him late in the season. Now he got benched early in the season. Inconsistency was kind of the, the story of his career, but really came on late. What I feel about outside linebacker, Joey, is 
there's a lot of intriguing talent here. There's a lot of depth here, but is there a playmaker's consistent as Owen Carney? Is there a guy who can, you know, have the kind of games Isaiah Gay had? But let's break these guys down. I think we both think Seth Coleman showed some great flashes that were interrupted a little bit by injuries. Uh, but you see the length, the athleticism, the speed uh, that he brings, a former four-star prospect for 24-7 sports. Ezekiel Holmes played a lot towards the, the end of the year, kind of more of the Owen Carney, solid edge setter in the run game, maybe not as much of a pass rusher. DJ Johnson played a lot as a freshman. Uh, Alec Bryant, the Virginia Tech transfer, certainly looks the part, kind of has the Olawole Batiku look to him. And then two freshmen in Jared Beatty and Gabe Ackes, uh, who I think are going to be um, guys who have a chance to make an early impact just because Beatty has added a ton of strength over the last year. Gabe Ackes looks like uh, an SEC outside linebacker. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of intriguing talent here. We just got to find out who steps up, who, who's going to be the guys who are consistent there. Yeah, and it's going to be somebody probably without a lot of playing experience, which is – a lot different than we saw last year with those Isaiah William or Isaiah Gay and Owen Carney. They just had a different position, but I, I think there's a lot of interesting pieces. And, and Alec Bryant to me is probably at the top of the list, just because I think we know we've seen enough of Seth Coleman to be like, okay, that that guy's got it in, in some capacity. So, I, how how big of a year? And I, I'm interested to ask Kevin Kane is, is how much did Alec Bryant? How much was he able to grow and? physically and his understanding of what they want to do defensively and, and how much of that can be, I don't want to say an immediate, you know, okay, I got it, because it's always different when you're out there. But he's fascinating, and they brought him in for a reason. They knew he wasn't going to be able to contribute last year, I think, in their heart of hearts. You know, they applied for the waiver, but come on, the date was a date, and I think they knew it was probably a long shot. So the fact that they went out of their way, he's a former four-star guy, that seems like they're in. They believe in this. And the freshmen, I think, are – are really interesting, especially, you know, we've heard some pretty positive things about Jared Beatty um, as an early enrollee, and, 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 and Gabe Ackes is just a, an, an enormous man. Yeah, Two-time state wrestling champion uh, in Florida as well. Uh, Tennessee really wanted him towards the end. He doesn't get here till the summer, but body, he's ready. But Beatty having these reps plus adding all the strength, I think, uh, makes him an intriguing guy who, who could play like D.J. Johnson played last year. Yeah, D.J. Johnson was the guy. Here's what I – right or wrong, I, I don't know, but I look at the hand-picked guys after Brett was hired in December, and these are the guys where he said, yes, I, I want you. And he didn't have to take anybody else, right? I mean, you could have gone into the portal and you could have, you could have put this thing together in a different way, but he looked at Josh McCray. That worked out pretty well. You know, and, and uh, DJ Johnson was another guy. Keontae Curry, I know we'll get to him, Jeremy. But you look at those guys that this staff early on said, you're, one, you're a guy that fits in what we do. And, and so that's what makes him, DJ Johnson, even more intriguing to me. I don't know if that's going to play out on the field. I, I think there's some older guys, Seth Coleman, you know, we think Alec Bryant, who could do something. But you, you want to rotate some of those guys. And, and to be honest, and I know Brett mentioned it a little bit at, at times last season, there was not a lot of depth at the outside linebacker position beyond your two stars, and and which is there were games they played. Gay and Carney played every snap. Yeah, and now they played every snap well, but I don't think that's something you want to try to do uh, to get everything out of that position. So it, uh, interesting to see how that all shakes out there. But uh, Seth Coleman, is, uh, uh, man, I I think that's a big help. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's got a really really high ceiling. I think a lot of these guys do. They just haven't played a lot of ball at the Big Ten level. Linebacker, 
You lose Jay Canson, but you kind of lost him midway through last year with the injury. C.J. Hart, we saw one game of, but he is back on the field after that torn ACL, after a you know defensive player of the week performance in week zero against Nebraska. They seem really excited about him. I thought Tariq Barnes played great last year. I think you'd feel great about this position if Kalon Tolson came back, but he surprisingly enters the draft after four years at Illinois. So I think you feel if Hart and Barnes are healthy, Joey, you feel good there. But after that, um, there's a bunch of names, there's a bunch of youth here, a bunch of uh, guys who I think look good, but who's going to step up because you're going to need more than two linebackers at some point during the season due to injury, ineffective play, whatever it is, or just to get them a rest in the middle of the game. So here's the names. Isaac Darkangelo uh, got a scholarship last year as a walk-on, former D2 player. Shaman Cooper, uh, former four-star prospect. I know everyone wants to know about uh, pound for pound, one of the strongest guys. We keep hearing that from the staff, but over two staffs, hasn't played yet, has switched positions. Ryan Mead, a former walk-on. And then a bunch of freshmen, Dillian Rosiak, Kalen Villanueva, who's finally healthy. Kanena Odaluga, who certainly looks the part. Um, and then two freshmen, Malachi Hood is already enrolled here. And then James Kruitz uh, joins in the summer. We'll find out who steps up as depth, but that's a, that's a lot of competition and some intriguing long-term names, but in the short term, I don't know who's going to step up and be that uh, that third linebacker. It could be Dark Angelo. Uh, it might not be the guy Illinois fans want it to be in Shimon Cooper, but I think Shimon is a very good football player. I think Odaluga is certainly one to watch as well. Yeah, total opposite of last year. Last year it was like, oh, Jake Hansen's back. Wow, look at all these guys it could be, and it turned out they really needed every – single one of those guys and so that's it's so, so weird that like the two positions that were the strongest last year in terms of depth offensive line and linebacker now we're talking like well, what about him do you think it could be this redshirt freshman so yeah who, who's the third guy third guy maybe even fourth guy we saw some packages with Ryan Walters where he had Kalon Tolson Jake Hansen Tariq Barnes out there all at the same time so if you want to go back to that, if that's in your your bagged on lock, who's the third who's the third guy? And and we don't know. I mean, I mean, we just don't we don't know. That's what stinks about this being closed. We can't even look to see like who's the who, what number is that behind them? It's I, I don't like this. I don't like not knowing. I know I said it last year, but that's that's fascinating. And, and you know, I I think if not a roster crunch, you could have even maybe seen if there was a fit in the portal for that position who has some some extended eligibility, but now it's Dark Angel could be a guy. and uh, They clearly feel decent about their youth, too. Like I, I think you're right. I think Dark Angelo is probably a guy they feel better about than, I don't know if many fans know who he is, um, but they also probably feel good about the redshirt freshman being able to step up and give some of that depth. Let's move to cornerback where they lose Tony Adams. Uh, but Devin Witherspoon is back. I, I love him as a playmaker. He's so feisty. I think he fits what Aaron Henry wants. But, again, the question is who steps up in that, that second starter spot and then who steps up is depth. I think Taz Nicholson, redshirt sophomore here, played a lot last year, wasn't always good, uh, but got his feet wet. He certainly seems like he's got an inside track to one of the top three cornerback spots. And then it's a bunch of redshirt freshmen, right, who Kenoto Hudson I thought did a really good job in that uh, last recruiting class. I thought it was, you know, this position was probably the best that they recruited in that class. Tyler Strain played a couple snaps when they had an injury there. Um, Daniel Edwards traveled with the team, so I think those are two guys as redshirt freshmen from Florida they think could step up. D.D. Snyder, also a redshirt freshman from Florida. Elijah McCantos, the true freshman who early enrolled, had a surgery and a high school injury, um, so he's going to be out for spring ball. But it's going to be fascinating to see the competition with Nicholson, Edwards, Strain, Snyder, and then to bring up the, the nickel corner spot, 
Keontae Curry uh, is a name to watch there, another redshirt freshman. So I think that's the story is these all these Florida cornerbacks, who's the one who steps up? But I do like that there's probably a fierce competition here. Yeah, there's a lot of options. We've seen them kind of kick around in the portal as well to try to add a, a more veteran experience piece. I think right now, Jeremy, you and I would look at this and say Taz Nicholson feels like the most likely candidate to be on the other side of Devin Witherspoon. And, and I know this maybe sounds a little like, scary right because the unknown is scary Devin Witherspoon you got a number one and if you got a number one that's pretty good and he is a true number one now I I understand the concerns behind him there's a lot of that lovey that final lovey Smith class of of basically every corner to have ever played football in the state of Florida coming up here that's that's going to give Illinois some options and we'll we'll see how you know see if they're they're good options or not but and again, the same the same logic as DJ Johnson is Keontae Curry was a guy that Brett and his staff circled, went out and got. And I think you and I both agree, Nickel feels like a pretty reasonable spot for him, especially if this whole reshuffle happens, as we think is a possibility with Quan Martin going back to free safety. But there's some options back there, and, and we know a, c- a couple of those guys, Tyler Strain, I believe Daniel Edwards was the other one, traveled last year, and. That's a big deal. If you're on the travel roster, it means you're somewhere in the two and a half or three deep, uh, however you want to describe that. So those two guys, I think just in our minds, you look at it and say, okay, well, they traveled. They're probably probably got a nice spot, step up here, I guess, a little bit going into spring. Yeah, and if you if you include Keontae Curry in the cornerbacks because he's uh, practicing at that nickel slot, eight cornerbacks on this roster, all from the state of Florida. All from the state of Florida. So, it's pretty Somewhere insane. Aaron Henry is smiling <laughs> very large right now as a Florida guy himself. Yeah, he and Kenodo, that's that's what they go for. All right, safety position. I think this is fascinating because I think you feel pretty good about what you have here. Sidney Brown returns. I, I thought he had his best season. I know he was an All-Big Ten player as a sophomore when he got all those picks and, and some big plays. I thought he was more consistent. I thought he was at home in that in-the-box safety role. They've talked about him potentially playing nickel. He played that position uh, his freshman year. Uh, to, to start the season. Uh, Quan Martin was in that nickel role, but I, I would keep Sidney Brown at that, that strong safety spot. Um, I'm sure uh, Ryan Walters is not going to ask me my opinion about this because he's pretty good at it. But uh, Quan Martin, I think, is the best fit at free safety from a, a talent perspective, an experience perspective. I think he's got that ball-hawking capability, but he was really good uh, in the nickel. So the question becomes – how does this all sort out? Does Prince Green, who the staff has mentioned, does he become a free safety who can make plays uh, on the ball? Maybe not to the level of Kirby Joseph, maybe not have that kind of season, but make plays on the ball. And he's a long, athletic uh, safety body who, who had some offers. I think one from Purdue is a wide receiver, uh, so certainly has those ball skills. And then Kendall Smith, a veteran who knows where to be, when to be there, the question is, is he the, the athlete you want back there? Certainly has physicality in the run game. But uh, there are some options here. And then you're going to add three freshmen, T.J. Griffin, Tyson Rooks, Matthew Bailey. Haven't heard a lot about Joriel Washington here recently. But uh, I think you feel good about some of the options you have, Joey. But who's going to be that guy that kind of settles everything into place? Because I feel like Sidney and Quan are probably the best options at safety. But is Quan a better option uh, at nickel if somebody else steps up at the free safety? Yeah, the question to me, I feel like, is is Prince, Prince Green, who, who I think would probably be the number two, how you know, one or two free safety. Is he better at free safety than Keontae Curry is at nickel? Because I think you know two of the three of how this is going to shuffle out. Sidney Brown, man, he was awesome. Like that—that that is, I, I know Ryan Walters mentioned him at nickel. 
No, thank you. Shades of Palomalu, yeah, right, at the college yeah. level. Actually. Yeah, and just knocking the heck out of people. Like, no thank you to move him out of that position. I mean, again, Ryan Walters isn't calling me and asking me, much like he's not calling you. Uh, but Prince Green, the, the interesting thing about him is, and when you set an offer wide receiver from Purdue, Kirby Joseph played a little bit too. And, and you know, he's – Lovey apparently liked him there a little bit more, wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, something. Um, but, you know, do you like those long, rangy? I mean, if you're just straight up playing back there and just a roamer, and yeah, I mean, is he as athletic as Kirby? Probably not, because Kirby's a freak athletically, just freak. But th- that's interesting, and b- because he has a lot of those similar qualities, I guess, in, in him, and he's man, actually bigger, looks yeah. bigger and stronger than than Kirby. Yeah, and, and maybe that time is not now. Maybe that time is is down the road, but man, I just think Quan was so good at nickel that to me, seeing 15 minutes every day, or every other day of, of practice isn't really, you know, <laughs> the best for us, but it, it just seems like it'd be hard to move him out of there because he was so, so stinking good. Now, if, if Keontae can be that guy and, uh, you know, maybe Keontae even slides back into that a little bit, even though I would, I don't know, that would be the best case, but it's, it's similar to the offensive line, Jeremy, you've got a group of pieces that you think are going to be in the mix somehow, some way. And how does that get sorted out? Does it get sorted out by May 1st? Probably not. And that's fine if it goes into fall and you're, you're still working the pieces. But I, I think you've got three, four pieces back there, five guys who can kind of all figure it out and have some versatility, which is good. I, I think the versatility ultimately is good. And then the specialist unit, boy, you replace everybody. Uh, the question is, is it Caleb Griffin's time? I mean, he's been waiting patiently. Did not expect James McCourt to get an extra year. Hugh Robertson at punter has been waiting patiently, uh, waiting for his Aussie County part, uh, counterpart. Blake Hayes to move on. Both those guys, I would assume, are the favorites, but they got a lot of competition. Will McManus is a, a, a walk-on freshman who enrolled early. Um, you know, is, is going to push Caleb Griffin. They had a Fabrizio Pinzon, uh, who is an Air Force transfer, who uh, Ben Miller, who's, who's going to be out in spring ball as, as he uh, fights uh, cancer right now. Josh Leff is a freshman punter coming in. And that long snapper, I know we don't break down this position very much, but there's three guys competing for that job, Aiden Hall, Lane Hansen, and, and Nico Crawford. So um, we'll probably see during spring ball or spring practice, right? We're, we haven't seen much about the specialists, but – it's time for Caleb Griffin. Uh, this is his best chance at the job for sure, but uh, Hugh Robertson the same, but they brought in guys to, to push those guys, Joey. Yeah, I mean, new era of Illinois specialists. Who would have ever thought that was such a long era of the Blake Hayes and, and James McCord and Chase McLaughlin and, and Ethan Tabell, who long live Ethan Tabell, man. Get him to Green Bay. He was awesome. He was really good at his job. But, yeah, I, mean, I think we think Caleb Griffin. I mean, that, that to me makes sense. This kid – when he's not traveling the world watching basketball games, has waited his turn for this. And he's a pretty good kicker. I mean, this isn't like it's just, hey, you've been around long enough, kid, go give it a shot. He's, he's pretty good at this. Uh, and, and we think 39-year-old Hugh Robert, Robertson <laughs> will um, – he's not 39. He's, he's Same graduating class as me. Yeah. Not, not quite, but close. Yeah, I, I, and we think that seems to be – but they brought in competition. Some of it's longer term. These guys don't have eligibility forever. Uh, and Aiden Hall makes sense at long snapper to me. We'll, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. And I, I when, when are we going to ask Brett Bielema the first long snapper question of spring ball? That's what? like a practice nine question, <laughs> right? I, I think it takes a while. We go through each position. We go through some fun stories. And then 
all right, let's get serious. Let's get nitty gritty. Who's your long snapper, right? Like, let's let's dive into that competition. I'm just gonna freeze frame on the video when uh, on his face when, when it, I'm sure it'll be one of us who who uh, asks about the long snapper because I don't know that anyone else is crazy like you and I are. I mean, yeah, man. Well, we'll see. I mean, I th I think having a couple guys who have been around a little bit understand the the college system helps and and Caleb and. And Hugh, but it's it's different. I mean, everyone loved Blake, and and James had some huge kicks in his career. It's it, it seems like a small thing, but we've seen special teams go completely. I'm having NFL flashbacks. We've had <laughs> special teams go completely awry, and, and we've seen that. So it, it is a big deal back there with those guys. I think they have some good options. All right. Um, so I, I think overall vibe spring ball is the defense has to build on what last year was, but just a lot of different personnel. And then offensively, it's just given a spark of life. I mean, it was just lifeless for most of last year. And there's a lot of pressure immediately on Barry Lonnie Jr. to do that, but I just think you're going to see more creativity. I think you're going to see more tempo, Joey, and you're just going to see how do we get our best players the ball more often and keep our the defense on their toes because – the offense is supposed to dictate things, right? It never felt like Tony Peterson's offense did that. So um, offense, it's complete reset. Defense, it's building uh, on what was a very successful, especially end of the season for Ryan Walters. Yeah, and we, we heard the term tempo a few times today, and, and we heard it when they hired him, and tempo, right? That was uh, I know you wrote about it. That was a takeaway from the introductory press conference. With Barry, and, and you and I had talked about this a little bit, Jeremy, before we recorded, we don't expect this to be like testing the bounds of how fast Chip Kelly played offense, right? I, I don't think that's going to be the case, but I think that's something Brett wanted in his pocket, the ability to, to hit the gas a little bit, to go fast, to make to make defenses uncomfortable. He said something along those lines to me before Bragging Rice when I went in and talked to him, and you want to be the one, the aggressor, the dictator, the person who's who's making the defense figure it the heck out on the other side of the ball. And and I think that's what – he obviously has trust in Barry. And, and the way we, we've heard just today and talking to Isaiah Williams, Alex Palczewski, Brett Bielema, Barry's got a way of teaching about him, a way of connecting, a way of – Isaiah said he brings a little swag. Isaiah said they, they had a – I mean, it was a good time it sounds like. And if your best player wants to play fast and they're playing fast, that seems like a nice little match. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm curious how it all looks and how it all plays out and – They've shut the doors on us for a reason uh, to, to keep all of this under wraps a little bit. But the vibes seem good for, for Barry Lunny here. And and that's a good thing when your veterans are singing because Alex Palczewski is learning his fourth offense. Isaiah Williams his third. If you're if they're, if they're buying in and Palczewski came back and came back and understanding he was going to have to learn a new one. So getting that early and, and the ability to teach and connect and, and, and relay all that's a big deal. Yeah, so as, as Joey has said, uh, practice, we get to see 15 minutes. Uh, we have seen a little bit different drills than we saw in the past, which was basically just warming up. So maybe we'll learn a little bit more about these guys. But we aren't going to see much until spring ball. So we will let you know. We will report on what we learn. Uh, but with closed practices with Brett Bioma, um, we're going to learn most of it during the spring game and then uh, during the fall when the season happens. But with basketball over, it's time to focus a little bit more on football, and, and we'll see how they progress throughout the season. Of course, you can check it all out at IlliniInquirer.com. Follow the podcast as well, wherever you get your podcast. Give us a like, rating, review, wherever you get that. And uh, Joey and I will be in Arthur for what could be a big announcement for Illinois. Caden Fegan uh, will announce his commitment. I've heard Fegan, Fagan. 
everybody's confusing me on that, but we'll, we'll lock that down. If you're from Arthur and you're listening, if you could just casually bring it up uh, tomorrow, that would be a delight. Yeah, but four-star prospects, Central Illinois prospect, Illinois competing with Iowa, Notre Dame, Tennessee, Miami. Uh, it'd be a monster recruiting win if Illinois can lock down a top-five prospect for the first time in seven years. And I think it would uh, be a pretty big statement for Brett Bielma, pun somewhat intended uh, there. So we will cover that. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I have my decision primer up on the site now. But until then, everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.